welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of contemporary audio theater. Here, your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And uh, today, we are thinking about our friends down in West Plains, Missouri, um, for the National Audio Theaters Festival held each year, um, roughly this week. Um, sort of third, fourth week of June or so, roughly. I was been there back in 2007, been a little while, I guess. Um, it is a week-long workshops, hands-on, immersive experience into the craft of audio theater, and um, they do a great job. They've got um, really quite a lineup there here. Um, 2012, um, Phil Proctor, I know, from Firesign is there, Robin Miles, Barbara Rosenblatt, um, other folks, um, instructors and uh, students uh, coming there to uh, talk and bask and immerse themselves in this um, awesomeness that is audio drama. Um, we are going to be featuring a show from their 2011 show. Um, this is called Transmars Tango. Um, it is uh, pretty surreal, actually, um, and, and quite an, an ambitious show. Now, the, the kind of the capstone of the week at the Nadef um, workshop is a live show performed before an audience um, in West Plains and then broadcast um, online. Um, and locally. And actually, if you want to hear their live broadcast, we'll see if we can get some links and put them up with the Radio Drama Revival podcast for this year's show. So last year, um, they had, among the other people I mentioned, they had Elaine Lee, um, who was the creator of the comic series Starstruck, uh, which was, of course, adapted recently by our friends at the Audio Comics Company. Um, she wrote this original story um, for uh, Nat, if I believe completely original, um, called The Transmars Tango. Um, it is really quite ambitious. It has uh, multiple uh, scenes and settings and time frames and uh, a little bit of risque uh, back and forth crime, sex, death, magical crystal balls, and more um, with all kinds of uh, really interesting things to try and do live. They have um, really, really nice music uh, that accompanies it, um, interesting effects on voices. Um, you know, a really great cast um, that year. Uh, again, they did have Phil Proctor, and I believe Linda Peterson was there as well. Um, you'll hear in this show, um, and other uh, great talent. Uh, Richard Fish is there, and it is just something completely different. Um, this is sort of a, a really nice example of what can be done live on audio. It really, kind of pushes the boundaries. Uh, maybe one of the more ambitious things done um, um, ever over the years at um, Nadif, directed by Brian Price. Brian Price, um, is a, as well as being a personal friend of me, mine, is the one of the two guys behind Great Northern Audio Theater. Um, uh, they always do a live show at Convergence out in uh, Minneapolis, um, which also sort of kicks off the Mark Time Awards for audio drama. Um, so I'll be seeing Brian in just a couple weeks when I head out to um, Minneapolis for that. Um, and yeah, it's uh, craziness, craziness, craziness for the next 35 minutes here. Um, so just again, um, that is uh, the NATF, NATF.org, um, National Audio Theater Festivals. They're also on Facebook. Uh, we'll begin to Crantan's Mars Tango. Um, first up, we do have the next installment of The Cleansed. Uh, this is the conclusion of um, episode four. Um, this is chapter 16. If people are getting confused, um, I have had a few people ask. Episodes are complete 30-minute um, standalone episodes. Uh, the installments, I call them chapters. Um, each episode is broken up into four chapters. The chapters are sequential as well as the episodes. Um, but so, you know, there are eight episodes total, and they're going to be uh, eight times four, 32 um, chapters in this first season. Um, hope that makes sense. I sort of 
making up how we <laughs> what we call this as we go along. Um, and this one, uh, we are sort of at the the denouement. Uh, we have seen Maria fight her way out of a pretty scary situation, and then she goes back into the house, and this is what she finds. Final Room Productions presents The Cleansed, Season 1, Chapter 16. next after you won (laughs) we won is that what you think luke oh yes we won big won one big night of horror that haunts me today when it was all over we slept in one of the man's abandoned cars in the labyrinth of wrecks that lay all over his property and when we woke up it was just another morning right just another morning full of wonder and mystery and horror. John. John. Mm. All right. So peaceful. You can almost imagine it was a dream. Except... What happened last night? I'll check the house. Nice sign. Nothing in here is worth your life. Well, don't I feel welcome. stuff is. This place is a disaster. Well, the man liked his guns and all these screens. You were a nut, Tully. Hello? Uh, Who's there? Hello? Hey! Hey! Hello. Oh my god! Oh my god! What happened to you? Please! Maria! 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 What's going on? Who's that? Maria! 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 Okay, one step. Another. Okay, careful now. Come on, it's just a bit further. Maria! Who's... 
my God, is he okay? I, I found him. He was locked up His in there. His leg. I know. Hey, help me put him over here. Okay. <laughs> that man was a monster, John. I know. Then why? Why did you bring me here? Look, the world is full of monsters, Maria. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maria! Mom! Oh! Oh! Oh, Maria, thank God! What happened to you? I... It's complicated. John. Sam. What the hell happened here? Sam. Tell I... me! For God's sake, someone tell me! I don't like it, but I think he was right. Then Prophet did make off with it. Everything. Well, no matter. We'll hunt him down. Zeke, my dear boy, are you okay? Zeke, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, it's not your fault. Who could imagine the fool would have such a flair for the dramatic? The goods he destroyed were nothing. There's an opportunity to redeem yourself, yet you're not beyond the point of forgiveness, please. You can't imagine that I have such a hard heart. There's still plenty of ways you can make up for this unfortunate set of events. The refuge. Hmm? That's where he said he'd go if he ever tried to run. The refuge. And you know where that is? No. Ah, well, that may be all we need. Thank you, Z. I hate him. I know. And I love you for it. Come on, boy. podcast version of The Cleansed. To hear the rest of this episode in its entirety and uncut, visit www.thecleansed.com. You can purchase the entire director's cut for $1.99. Also see a full cast and crew list, exclusive behind-the-scenes video, character sketches, and more. Again, that's www.thecleansed.com. Or catch us next week for another free installment. New episodes of The Cleansed will go up on this podcast for free each Friday from March through October 2012. Those are available at thecleansed.com, finalrune.com, and radiodramarevival.com. The Cleansed is a Final Rune production. Find more free audio stories at www.finalrune.com. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com. All right, and that was The Cleansed, thecleansed.com. For more of that, um, cast bios, uh, behind-the-scenes video, photos, uh, ca- uh, character sketches, and more, all at thecleansed.com. Love it if you could um, share this show with your friends. If you like it, The Cleansed is kind of its own uh, monster. And, of course, you can tune into it, to it, into it each week here on Radio Drama Revival. Um, all right, with no further ado, on to Transmars Tango, done for the 2011 National Audio Theater Festivals, uh, featuring a, uh, quite a talented cast and, in you know, organized insanity. Enjoy. So, I've been a girl less than 48 hours, and I'm already worried that my boobs are too big. 
two Mars days ago, I would have said there, there was no such thing. Oh, the name's Alfonso Fernando de Maria, private investigator. Currently, I'm in a metallic glass lift, watching the Mars City Dome disappear beneath me as I shoot up the Valles Marineris toward a spin-off dome on the canyon's edge. Oh, regarding the boobs, <laughs> I'm wondering if I could have overdone it. The goal was to blend into the crowd, but at present I'm drawing winks and stares from my fellow passengers. Not the best situation when you're working undercover. Welcome to La Vista Marte. Right this way, gorgeous. There's a table with your name on it overlooking the vows. Many thanks, kind sir. Gorgeous is me. My current contract came with a generous advance that allowed me to splurge on a top-of-the-line body swap. From middle-aged Mediterranean male to statuesque ebony Amazon in just about an hour. Soaping up in the shower suddenly has real entertainment value. You cannot be here all alone. <laughs> a friend will be joining me. The waiter leans over, nearly taking a nosedive into the newly acquired breasts that spill, oh so fetchingly, from the décolletage of my little silver dress. Could I get you a drink while you wait? Deschneuf. <laughs> Needs. Back in a flash. That was Web Planet Redux. Ghost and Shaw on the Kendam. I'm Kian Margoris, and we're Two Moon Sky. On behalf of the Helios Corporation, Helios, we'd like to welcome you to La Vista Marte, the fourth planet's only nightclub this side of the Candor Chasma. We'd like to get you up to the dance floor with a little number called Yestersol. As far as the details of my contract go, an anonymous buyer is looking for data on a recently discovered crystal sphere, possibly of extra Martian origins, currently in the possession of one Adora Limbo, a scientific researcher employed by the Helios Corporation. Third table, you side. A little research on the researcher turned up some hanky-panky with a colleague. Seems the very married researcher's romantic interest has become a potential problem. Getting grabby, dogging her around the lab, sending indiscreet vidmails. I fired off an encrypted message with a clip from Loverboy's vids and a request to meet her in private. Excuse me. I think you dropped this. A news tablet lands on the table in front of me. And Adora Limbo, dressed in red silk, slides her lovely rear into the seat across from mine, then stows a purse the size of a bowling ball under the table. If I still had a schlong, it would be standing at attention. This is for me. Headline news. Dome security in running battle with MLO. Rebels in full retreat. I'm not all that interested in the Martian Liberation Organization. 
The research data on the sphere is encoded in the accompanying photo. If things go bad, pinch the tablet's wipe corner and the evidence is gone. I'd rather pinch Ms. Limbo, but I need the scratch worse than the bounce. So, what have you left out of this? Hmm, just the things I don't know yet. With my luck, that's where the money is. <laughs> Bank on it. But it's my luck we need to talk about. Ah, that would be your husband, Lucky Limbo. Sort of. It's... It's complicated. Always. So talk. Waiter, two more Dezhnevs. Okay. It all started after the Helios Authority outlawed private digs on choice extra Martian archaeological sites. Only crews authorized by the Helios Corporation will have access to historical sites. Violators will be prosecuted. And by prosecuted, they mean hunted down and shot. Some might take it that way. In any case, Helios understands there are major bucks to be had from some of these fines, and they don't want the riffraff cutting in on their payday. Hmm. Go on. So, Lucky gets wind of a crew of free-ranger outlaws, misfits, scoundrels, and sociopaths all, who are set on poaching a Helios reserve, where only authorized digs are allowed. The crew's alpha, a knuckle-dragger named Hanch, hires Lucky on his navigator, replacing some idiot who'd got himself waxed. What kind of name is Lucky anyhow? Name invites trouble. First day out, we get a mother jack and storm. Every Martian dust storm has a silver lining, Hanch. Maybe we can't find the site, but Helio sure can't find then us. Then we may as well sit with our boots up back in the dome, you green-ass noob. Detecting an underground cavity beneath a cliff face two kilometers ahead, one o'clock. Found it. See? Up there, there's a gash in the cliff face. I don't see squat, but who gives a jack? I could make a hole anywhere. <laughs> hey, hey, McGee, how'd you get the name Thumb Free? What are you, blind? Check out the state-of-the-art opposables. Our demolitions geek blew his freaking thumb off. Watch it, Specs. Twice. Last thing I need is crap from a bone sifter. You boneheads wouldn't know a valuable extra Martian artifact from a rover's hatch cap. Not unless I told you. Can the chat and zip into surface suits. Got it. Get the pickaxe, Pex, and I'll take the high-speed impact drill. Grab your bag of boom, McGee. This one's a smash and snatch job. Let me take a look at it before he blows it, Hunch. Not this time, Specs. If the storm lets up, the corpo surveillance net'll spot us in sacks. Ah! Who's your daddy? <laughs> Toe, Cahill. Stay with the rover and keep a lookout for corpos. Hey, kid, toss me the bag. Toss them. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Got it, noob. Hit the sand, boys and girls. Hey, kid, don't forget the deep scanning resonance imager. Point the way, noob. Uh, the chamber is directly below us. The entrance is right there, underneath that boulder. Ha! You mean soon to be X boulder. Heads up! Ooh. Yowza! 
Checks first, then the kid. Need some light here. Wow, some sort of really big room. Antechamber. Looks to have been hewn from solid rock. The carvings on the walls are definitely of extra Martian origin. Keep moving. Let me get some shots first. Could be worth more than anything else we find. Let's go. Nothing but trash here. Lucky, stop cocking at that ugly junk. Find us some more of these rooms. See, while Spex is taking pictures, Lucky's found these really weird sculptures made of interwoven filaments wired to joint-like widgets of rough cast metal. The supporting structs look almost like bone, with vine-like interconnecting guy wires and large sail-like membranes that resemble skin. Interesting, but I'm guessing no money. And that's Hanch's guess. Hanch wants to press ahead, so press ahead they do. Lucky and his imager leading the way through a series of these chambers till they come to a really big sucker with wall decorations that look like technical specs. Only the lines are exaggerated in a way that says, this is a religious site. In the center of the chamber, up on a rock dais, sits a blue crystal sphere. This is a pivotal discovery. What the hell is it? Did I say pivotal? I mean fan-freaking-tastic. Whoa, heavy. It's spinning light. Hey, major score, baby. Careful with that. It's not a football. Chill, babe. I'm putting in my pack. See? Safe as a bug in a rug. We got what we came for. Let's hit it. Listen, Hodge. I know you want to sell it, but... Hell yeah, I do. This thing's gonna make us all rich. But it'll be hard to fence on the black market. Only top-rung research labs and illicit collectors have any use for it. Let me take a look at it first. It's already sold. So that means the MLO and a resistance-run lab, right? MLO? Jeez, what's the big deal? We sold them stuff before. If the Rebs think alien tech can aid them in the struggle for Martian liberation, who am I to argue? But we could hold on to Move it. Move it out now! Who's calling? Mars Mars? Hunch. Honcho! Tell me you got what I need, and I'll give you a big wet kiss. Time to dance, Mars Bars. Join us at the party. Yee-haw! Before you get too excited, I want to talk price. So the team backtracks its way through the various passageways, ending up back in that first large chamber. And all the while through the suit mics, Lucky's listening to Hanch barter with the MLO leader. So it barely registers that the chamber now holds not one of the weird sculptures he'd seen on the way in. He heads for the gash to the surface, and once up top, Lucky ducks into the storm and shoulders his way against the wind toward the nearest rover. But as its bulk appears before him out of the dust, he sees that something's wrong. The rover's silhouette is misshapen, asymmetrical, and it seems to be... Shivering. It's brighter outside. Storm's abating. Better hurry for one to scam those helio satellites. Gotta get the rovers undercover. Wait, 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 guys. Up ahead, the sculptures. <gasps> Junk bots! Oh, gods! They're swarming over the rover like insects on a carcass. They're stripping away its components and cannibalizing parts before the speed. 
What the, Jeff? I'm gonna take a look. Hush, no! What the hell is... Before the guy can finish his thought, Steel Table shoots from the jungler's guts, grabs Hunch's arms to his sides. Bone saws on spider-leg appendages split the helmet of Hunch's suit, and claws made of grappling hooks pry the two pieces apart. A human hand torn from one of the lookouts and wired to a jointed metal armature from a rover's lift winch grabs Hunch by the head and twists... Lucky has no time to process. The other junk bots are on the move, weaving scavenged bone and meat and sinew into their own structures as they close in on the rest of the team. They're fast. They get McGee and Specs. The things were pure motion, working like manic ants, picking through the innards of Rover and humans alike, inspecting and sorting the bits. Tossing some aside, fitting others into their constantly shifting forms, tearing pieces off the Free Rangers and wearing them like a Sunday hat. Seeing his next, Lucky dives for the hulk of the rover and burrows under the carriage, digging into the Martian sand. This better, this better jacket qualify for hazard pay. This might be a good time to tell you that Lucky isn't exactly a Free Ranger. He's a covert op for Helio security, following extra Martian contraband through the black market food chain. Large credits, if he survives to collect. <laughs> yeah. So, Lucky reaches behind his ear to activate the Helios communicator embedded in his jawbone. Hold a sec. Waiter? That was Mars Needs Women. <laughs> Though there seem to be lots of lovely ladies on the loose in La Vista tonight. <laughs> Don't look now, but I think he's talking about you two. Oh, aren't you sweet? Two more days nerves, please. Ah, oh, so, oh yeah. Lucky's under the stripped rover. He contacts Helios, reports hostile alien contact, and requests immediate evac on his coordinates. But the rover's shuddering, and the wreck covering Lucky starts to rise into the air. Lucky screams bloody murder, lunges from the hole, and tries to scramble away, but something grabs his ankle, whips him around on his back, and he looks up at the looming junker straight into Haunch's empty eyes. Jesus. No kidding. Hunch's former head's been wired to a junk bot with ten treads for feet. And for hands, fifty different wrenches waving from just as many arms. Oh. Oh. This is when help arrives in the form of an ETR named Harrigan, driving a Helios tank. Junkers, up ahead! There's our up, Harrigan! Idea. All right, everybody out. Bosco, up. 
covered Duncan either while they get the ship. Crank should hover on Nano. Go, go, go! Come on, you freaking slow ass Nano! So the Nano guys start the power up sequence on their weapons as Doc and Dealer jump from the tank and hit the Lucky. Hump and Boss go running behind them, spraying fire into the advancing jumps. But when the missiles hit, or more accurately, don't, the Mother Jacking things just flutter. Their joints and organs shifting to allow the team's missiles to pass right through. Past the flashing indicator on his useless nanogun, Crank sees something truly sick leap over the rover's carcass to bounce on steel springs across the desert between the rover and the team. The springs don't make it sick, but animals do. It's covered in them, and they're human. What the hell is that? We have to on it. The thing divides itself around the passing missile and closes behind it like a slamming door. Then it springs at home and swallows her. Two new ears appear on one of the thing's ribs. It spins, avoids a second missile, and heads for Bosco, leaving a trail of humps, shredded flesh in its way. Guns won't fire! Guns! More oh, cheers! It's okay! Oh, it's okay, kid! We're here to help. Get at his feet. No, 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 be careful. Be careful. With his left hand, his only hand, Lucky's reaching for a rucksack half buried under rubble and sand. What are you talking about? This? The, the pack? So Doc grabs yeah. the pack, tosses it onto Lucky, yeah. then he and Dealer run for the tank, Lucky swinging between them like a hammock holding a fat dog. Three demented junk bots hot on their tails. Run faster! Power up, you worthless mother-jacking nano piece of crap! Finally, Cranch's gun lights up like Christmas. He throws himself between the rescuers and the things. Hopper follows, both lifting their weapons to fire at the junks. Two invisible streams of microscopic nanobots arc into the air, combining to form a cloud around the advancing junks. The junks lurch forward, beginning to fall apart and dissolve. Wheels spin away from axles that no longer exist. Hip sockets lose legs. Ribs clatter to the ground and turn to a fine powder that vanishes into the sand. Let's book it! Get in! Uh, he'll make it. Oh, God, thanks. And he'll be feeling no pain. Hump and Bosco bought it. Yeah, we saw. I want to put the pedal to the metal. Reb's on the way. Reb's too? Shut it. Hang on! This might be a good time to mention that Lucky isn't exactly the purest op working for Helio Security. You don't say. He likes to take a little something for himself once in a while. So he doesn't mention the contents of the pack right away. Only sensible. Drinks for the ladies from Keon Margolis. The band leader? One of the perks. Smile and wave. Oh, hi. <laughs> so, Lucky's badly wounded, stoned off his gourd, in the back of a Helios tank headed back to the dome for debrief. And he's clutching that blood-spattered rucksack with his one good arm. That's when... Harrigan! Reb's headed straight for us! Emelo dog pack flying on Mars and bars! Ah, Chuck me raw! What do I see here, fellow patriots? 
A genuine Helios tank, and it's probably got our rock. We've got nothing of yours, Rev. Freedom fighter to you, Corbo. Close to 30 revs on solo uprights. They're everywhere. And it's outrun them. Upright, circle left, cut them off. just had one of those faces. So the Reb leader, he buys the lie, tosses a flare on the ground next to Lucky in the dock. You trigger that thing before we're past where we're seeing, we'll come back and waste you both. There's nothing here, let's move out. Back to the caves, gotta find that sphere. What's your name, kid? L Lucky. <laughs> Ow! Don't worry, Lucky, they'll grow you a new arm back at the dome. Thanks for saving my pack. It was a gift from my wife, my beautiful wife. Uh, this might be a good time to tell you that Lucky makes his own luck. It's his number one talent. I'm starting to get the picture. But there are some things that just can't be controlled, like a cheating-ass wife. That would be you. Wait for it, please. As promised, Lucky gets the new arm, wakes up in the dome's vats a week later, better than new. But the rucksack's gone. Jack me. Still, he's looking forward to seeing his wife. It's been a while, so he goes home. Honey? But she doesn't hear him. So he goes to look for her, and he finds her in her lab. But that's not all he finds. She's got the crystal sphere. His crystal sphere. She's running her hands over its surface, and it's pulsing with visible energy, causing the light, soft hair on her arms to rise. But how did she win the job researching the sphere? Her clearance wasn't that high. Enter, key file seven. Lucky watches as the crystal opens to her. Mandalas of light spill from its core and pour into the air above, creating the image of a multi-dimensional portal. Enter! Keyfoil 7! Glowing symbols surround the portal. Adora recognizes them. Home! Coming! 
Then the jacking phone rings. And the face of some butt-ugly bureaucrat pops up on the vid. Hey, gorgeous. We still on for tonight? I'm a little busy, sweetie. Can we postpone? Don't think so, unless you're tired of working with the spear. I guess I have time for a quickie. That's all I'm asking for. Later. The things I do for science. So the whole time he's been playing chess with death, Cheating-ass wife's been doing the nasty with Mr. Butt Ugly. And because of this, now has the sphere that Lucky's just risked life and given limb for. Honey, I'm home. Darling, I didn't expect... That much is clear. Lucky, baby, let me explain. No need. Sorry, darling. I'm afraid I have a gun. I've got a Cybertronic arm with a gun in it. Oh. So, he shot her. Shot you? Hmm, again. It's complicated. And now, for the two lovely ladies at the viewside table, we're going to do a new arrangement of Transmars Tango. I think about what complicated means as I sip my drug of choice while scanning faces in the crowded club and running them by the personnel files stored in my engrammatic implant. No match. With cosmetic body morphing now commonplace, facial recognition is a crapshoot. I switch to metabolic analysis, scan three subjects who just sat down at a table nearby, and get hits on all three. Former security personnel charged in a coup attempt critical to the birth of the insurgency. Brief, brutal, and bloody, the coup was aborted. Its plotters escaping into the wastes, arrested, tried, or jailed. Aha. Though they claim to be patriots fighting for a Helios-free Mars, these MLO thugs are notorious traitors responsible for numerous acts of terrorism. But that's not all that's bothering me. Listen, Miss Limbo. I never gave you my description. How did you... Before I can finish the thought, two Helios goons step up behind Science Babe. A third fills a spot by the exit. Miss Limbo, please allow my friend and me to escort you and your companion for a short walk. Oh, why, thank you, kind sir. My friend and I would love to spend time with two handsome gentlemen. The hand in my purse closes on my stun rod just as the waiter arrives with the check. Is there a problem here, ladies? Oops. I dropped my keys. Oh, allow me. Galahad goes for the keys. Science Babe grabs her bowling bag purse and swings it at the goon, who falls over the waiter, going down like a felled ox. <laughs> Gripping goon Two's arm with her left hand, she shoots the heel of her right into his temple. His eyes go all palescent as he ragdolls to the floor. <laughs> Now, the goon by the door is charging. The three rep thugs head our way too. It's getting crowded. Run! I jammed the stun rod into door goon's ribs. 
<laughs> but Agoon and two thugs are now back in action, running to cut off Miss Limbo's escape. I'll take that back. I don't think so, Corporal. Oh! Give me the back, bitch. Bandleader! Conga! You heard the pretty lady? Conga! Conga! The floor explodes with conga dancing colonists who form a writhing wall between Limbo and the Mars Leap Thug. I grab the bag and run. Chayas babe, hot on my very high heels. Head for the lift. They'll be waiting for us at the bottom. Can't stay here? We're almost at the lift when a fourth Helios thug steps in to block our getaway. I swing the bag at the thug's head. The bag tears, the sphere spinning out of it, hurtling forward towards the lift door just as it opens. Shots ring. The glass shatters, the air in the club's dome rushing for the hole. We, we dive for the sphere. Science Babe and me, right through the jagged glass hole in the breech lift, our hands reaching out for it as we begin our fall to the thin Martian atmosphere. Ah! We touch the sphere. And just before we die, the crystal opens. as much as the fall to the floor of the Valles Marineris. Untrue. We were frozen. Our lungs collapsed. Or our blood boiled way before we hit the bottom of that baby. Got any idea where we are? Some sort of alternate universe kind of, um, location. Wherever we are, it's a little too blue. I agree. Could use a complimentary just a pop of accent color. Ah. A little peach over by those rock formations. <laughs> but maybe that's the girl on me talking. I was colorblind before the swap. So, you are former Helio security agent Lucretius Limbo. You can call me Lucky. I could have had you arrested for blackmail as well as for trafficking in extra Martian tech. However, since the demise of my beloved spouse has forced me to go freelance, I feel we might discuss disposal of this valuable extra Martian artifact to uh, our mutual benefit. Hmm. As soon as we figure out how to get back to Mars. If you got perfect pitch, you could try humming a few bars of open sesame to this paperweight. <laughs> Sorry. It'll have to be trial and error. And don't hold me responsible if we end up someplace weirder than this. Science, babe extends his cybertronic hand. I eyeball it first, then take the hand. Waiting for the zap? That doesn't come! Nice to work with you, Lucky. <laughs> Call me Al. Does that look like a city to you? Mm, a city or... Another blue rock formation. I could really use a change of footwear. These hills are killing me. <laughs> Unlikely whatever lives there wears size nines. But hey, what the heck? I lug the sphere under one arm as we walk together. A couple of guys in state-of-the-art female skins. <laughs> 
past a lot of weird blue stuff toward more weird blue stuff. Nice caboose, by the way. Who did your bodywork? Ed, down at Classy Chassis. Ah. He's known for his derrieres. Beautiful swing to it. Very tasty. Oh, thank you. Lift me a little short up top, though. Ah. Those headlights you're sporting are spectacular. You don't think they're a little too much? Oh, I wouldn't mind rocking on that front porch. Uh. <laughs> you hungry? I'm hungry. Let's see if we can scare up something blue for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> The play Transbar's Tango was written by Elaine Lee and based on a story she wrote with David Nolte for The Aries Project. It was directed by Brian Price, assistant director Evan Waters. The cast featured Phil Proctor, Robin Miles, Sandy Schur, Evan Waters, Marty Martin, Rich Fish, Ellen Stewart, Tom Weens, Jackie Castile, Jack Davis, and Bill Chessman. You have been listening to the National Audio Theatre Festival's presentation of an evening of audio theatre. Broadcast live from the Civic Auditorium on the campus of Missouri State University, West Plains, in West Plains, Missouri. Tonight's presentation was produced by Ellen Stewart and David Downing. David Shin serves as technical director, Kirby Mitchell, technical staff, Mike Kanaka, technical staff of Metro Mobile, Ben Taylor, music mixer, Mark Wiener, sound effects pre-production, Eric Summers, documentary audio producer, Kyle Harris, master mix, Jordan Ford, stage manager. The musical director is Dwight Frizzell, along with musicians Pat Conway and Julia Throne. Tony Brewer is our live sound effects director, Renee Pringle, our sound effects mixer, Kevin Donnelly, sampler artist, Samuel Lee Griffin, house sound, Tom Curley, the show caller. This week's workshop and tonight's production were made possible with the generous support of our sponsors, both in West Plains and around the country. They are Missouri State University, West Plains, West Plains Civic Center, a la carte restaurant, Regency Inn and Suites, ZBS, Crazy Dog Audio Theater, Glyph Technology, Nagra, Comrex, West Plains Music, Sioux Media Productions, KKDY FM and Ryan Bender, the Yellow House Community Arts, Ramey's Grocery, Dake Storage, Great Rivers Distributing Company, West Plains Rental, West Plains Public Library, and Mary Oakley, Deborah DeWitt, Meredith Cisco, and Terry Moore. The National Audio Theater Festivals would also like to thank their board of directors and officers, which include President Sue Zizzer, Vice President Lance Roger Axt, Secretary Susan Lorraine, and Treasurer Ellen Stewart. They would also like to thank the Missouri Arts Council, a state agency, for their continued support. For further information on the National Audio Theater Festivals, or more information on audio theater, we invite you to go to www.natf.org. 
All right, and that was the Transmars Tango. Um, that was from the NATF, natf.org. Um, not a huge amount of their shows are available as podcasts, but we have had a few here on Radio Drum Revival over the years. Uh, dig up NATF um, or follow the tags from this, uh, the show notes go with this uh, podcast up at Radio Drama revival.com of course brian price has also done uh, a number of shows check out brian price um to search on the radio drama revival archives we've talked to him several times um featured shows that he's done um both with great northern audio theater as well as um with uh, folks like scott hickey with the grist mill and other great stuff over the years uh, brian's a wonderful guy very talented audio drama producer and um love to sh- share his work and uh hear how this in- uh, crazy thing was put together uh for the national audio theater festival so very ambitious for a live show and um, um next week is. as i mentioned <laughs> that show is produced uh as i mentioned that show is written by elaine lee we'll be having um elaine lee as well as others from the audio comics company on to talk about a new production called titanium rain by josh finney and cat finney produced by um, Bill Dufries and Lance Axt of the Audio Comics Company. Um, so I'll be up next week. We'll feature a sample of their two-hour show and then have an interview with a whole bunch of people. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we'll be reporting uh, live at that point from uh, the Convergence Con out in Minneapolis. So uh, good times await for you then. Um, in the meantime, over 200 hours of original audio drama programming at radiodramarevival.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Search for Radio Drama or Radio Drama Revival on the respective services. Um, we've got a listener survey still going on at Radio Drama Revival. Appreciate uh, We're almost at 50, which is pretty neat. Uh, we'll be working on that um, streaming app we've been telling you about um, hopefully sometime this fall or certainly by the end of the year. And, um, yeah, and here just trying to keep you up to date with latest audio drama. The best gift you can do, um, apart from giving us cold, hard cash, would be to tell friends about us. Um, if you're um, into radio drama, tell your friends. Um, share the love of this podcast. And thank you. Um, that's a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, that is Southern Maine's community radio. This podcast at radiodramarevival.com is a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open, and thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.